One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. How many of you guys um, have grown supernaturally over the last year? Yeah, hands up. All right, that's awesome. Um, so I was praying um, ever since you know Jimmy and I connected a week or so, a couple weeks ago, and uh, felt like the Lord gave me this vision for you guys. And um, it's a quick, quick vision. I saw. I saw, I saw many of you standing um, like on a battlefield, and there was a there was a darkness that had attempted to surround you and um, try to try to snuff out certain words that the Lord had had written on. Um, it's it's like there were certain words over your heart that were written, and the enemy. There was so much. Um, it's kind of like there was so much smoke and fire on the battlefield that the soot, the darkness, literally was trying to snuff out what the Lord had written on your heart. Um, but the next thing I saw was I, I saw people who weren't quitting, but they were actually um, not just enduring the battle, but they were fighting with an expectation to win. And I saw it did something to the heart of the Lord. I saw the hand of, hand of the Lord come, come out of heaven and it was burning. And he started to touch people. Um, and the soot that had covered the writing that was on the, on the heart of the people, it's like the soot literally got burned up in the fire. And these words started to glow like profoundly. And like this new life. I saw this new life coming, coming into, the, into, into the troop, so to speak. And so, I want to talk to you tonight um, about what I th- what I think the Lord um, is doing with you, um, really with respect to um, you know a lot of people think that well they get they get touched by the Lord and all of a sudden you're just going to have this you know you're going to be on easy street right and and it's just right that's right and so. And so if you understand the concept of the Spirit, um, maybe you'll recognize maybe the time you're in. Because many of you got baptized in the Holy Spirit a year ago. Many of you got set on fire. Um, many of you started you know, growing supernaturally in ways maybe you didn't before. Um, but here's the deal. In, uh, when Jesus was taken to the Jordan, right? Jesus um, gets, you know, the dove rests on Jesus. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happens next? The Scripture says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested to see what was in His heart. What was the vision? The vision was that something had been written in your hearts and the enemy was trying to snuff it out. Okay? And you got to understand this. You're, you're in a spiritual battle. Okay? You're not in a memorization battle. You're in a spiritual battle. What does that mean? What does a spiritual battle mean? Spiritual battle means this. 
Um, you have to have the right interpretation biblically to understand what Jesus was in when he was in the desert, being tested by Satan, but more importantly, tested by the Spirit. It wasn't just Satan that was testing Jesus. It was the Spirit who was testing Jesus. Jesus was taken by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tested to see what was in his heart. Do you really know who you are? Do you really know who you are? Okay? Why is this important? Because if you don't understand... That's right, baby. If you don't understand the way of the Spirit, you'll try to fight something in a way that's not going to bring you victory when you should be fighting it spiritually. And this is what I mean by this. We, um, When Jesus was taken into the wilderness, it says that Satan came and started testing him, right? Three tests, or at least three tests were documented. You know that Satan knows the Bible, right? James chapter 2 says that Satan knows the Bible better than any of you. He knows exactly what Scripture says. He knows, he knows it, okay? Jesus knows the Scripture too, right? Jesus is the Word, right? He's, right? He, he, he knows it. So what's the difference? Satan was kicked out of heaven. The Spirit of God was taken away from him. Jesus symbolized as Son, baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is led by the Spirit of God to defeat Satan in the desert place. Okay? And so it goes on in the, in the sequence, and Satan, Satan says, well, why don't you jump, right? Why don't you jump off the mountain? The Scripture says that if you're the Son of God, right, then it says the angel will come and lest you dash your foot against the stone. So he's, he's trying to use Scripture to test Jesus. And Jesus, by the Spirit of God, discerns and, and says, I'll not test the Lord my God. Right? He paused and said, you may be speaking something scripturally, but it's not moving me. I'm moved by the Spirit of God. And Jesus ends every of all the three sequences and He says, for it is written. How many of you have been taught, and maybe, maybe you are, have, maybe that's a, an elemental thing in your belief system that Jesus was saying, it is written, meaning that he's, he's, he's quoting Scripture. That's not what that meant. That actually meant, when Jesus says, uh, he's, he, he states, it is written, Jesus was saying, the Spirit of God has written on me what I am. He's written on me. He defined what I am. I'm moved by the Spirit. I can discern Satan. You're using, using Scripture to twist and deceive me. But the Spirit of God is telling me, wait telling me, wait, right? And that the Spirit of God is, is constantly writing. He's referencing a relationship. And that might be a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Because the easy, the easy thing on the, on the surface level is to say, Jesus was quoting Scripture. Well, that's not, that's not true. Satan was actually quoting the Scripture. He was quoting that if you are the Son of God, Psalm 91 says the angel will come and protect you. So why don't you jump? Why don't you test God? Right? I'm, I'm teaching you discernment, by the way, right now. This is about maturing in the Spirit, okay? Because if you, if you don't recognize your greatest weapon in, in the spiritual battle is to discern the Spirit, to discern what Spirit is trying to deceive you, 
versus what is the Holy Spirit leading you to do, if you get lost in just simply quoting Scripture, you can go you can go down some wrong paths because well the Bible said it. Yeah, but what if this what if a demonic spirit is using Scripture to deceive you? Are you with me, church? Yeah. And so your greatest the, the purpose of being taken into battle is to learn the voice of the Spirit. To be birthed in not having to move because how many, how many of you have, you know, you have a lot of Scripture, you know, memorized. You have it, you know what it says, you know what it says to do, what not to do. But, you know, there are situations where the, where, um, the Lord actually says some things that, that um, you know, in one part of the Bible it says one thing, in another part of the Bible it may contradict it just a little bit. Um, and the reality is, what do you do? Okay? What do you do? You better know the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example. When David is made king in in um, Second Samuel chapter five, David is made king. Okay, as soon as David is made king, um, it says that the um, you know it, it says it says that uh, who is it? Goliath's troops. Um, Philistines. Philistines. Thanks. Um, the Philistines um, yeah. gathered and and tried to test David. Right. It says that David, you know, developed his army. They went down on the battlefield, and he stopped in front of the mulberry trees, and he says, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord, in one sequence, says, I want you to go in front of the mulberry trees, right? And boom, David goes out in the battlefield and wins, okay? Ten months later, in the same chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 5, the Philistines come back. They test him again on the same battlefield. Guess what? David rallies his troops, goes down to the mulberry trees, and the religious guy would say, last time the Lord told me to do this, so I'm just going to do exactly what the Lord told me to do last time. Every time. Every time. Every time. That becomes religious. So what did David do? David actually stopped at the mulberry trees and asked the Lord again, what do I do this time? So David is demonstrating the same discernment that Jesus was demonstrating in the desert of how you actually defeat your enemy. Because when David stopped and asked the second time, the Lord says, go behind the mulberry trees. And it says, I hear the sound of marching in the trees. The angel army of the Lord actually showed up this time to actually, right, do do the dirty work. Right? So where's where's your discernment level at? Right? So, so, so your Bible, your weapon, your, your, your introductory relational dynamic to understand what the Lord is, um, what His heart is, what, what His meaning is, what, you know, what He hopes for, what His intent is, that's, that's one thing. But how do you know how to discern your enemy versus the voice of the Lord? You gotta pray when you go when you go onto a battlefield. Some, somebody been praying like really hard, right? Somebody been praying in ways that maybe, you know, maybe you never had to pray before. Why is it so hard? Holy Ghost, why? Uh, you know why? Because it says that when Jesus was led out of the desert, he came out of the desert in victory over Satan in the power of the Spirit. Jesus knew the Spirit of God. Right? He knew the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You guys are right? 
Check and see if the person inside you have holes, man. Um, that's not too deep for you, is it? No. Is that everybody okay? Because theologically, that can mess you up. That can mess you up a little bit because if 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 your thinking is all you're supposed to do be doing is quoting scripture, right? You can actually miss it because they can. I don't know. They can teach a chimpanzee to repeat scripture. They can't. What can't be taught is you waiting on the Lord and being led. Do this. Two steps left. One step back, five steps forward. Because when you obey the Lord, you can't lose. That's the lesson. That's the lesson of Jesus coming out of the desert. Jesus couldn't lose, and because Jesus knew the voice of the Lord, Jesus released the voice of the Lord everywhere he went. Okay, he goes into prayer every 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 night. He goes into prayer, comes out of prayer. All right, boys, we're going to the woman at the well. All right, boys, we're going to feed the five thousand. All right, boys, we're going. There's a there's a woman who's been over, right, for 18 years, right? And what happens? Jesus is actually releasing what the what the Holy Spirit is saying to him, okay? And every time Jesus releases what the Holy Spirit is saying saying to him, what happens? Miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. Amen. So the point is, do you know the voice of the Lord? Do you know how to search out the voice of the Lord? In the darkest hour, you may say, why am I in this mess? I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and suddenly I get thrust into this war. I feel like it was easier before. It was just easier. But you know why? Because when you learn the voice of God, you become the weapon. Tell your neighbor, you're the weapon of the Lord. Right? You are the weapon. You see, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and the Lord leads you into battles and you are willing to say, you know what, I, I could be quoting this scripture a hundred times a day. I could be quoting that scripture a hundred times a day. But what do you say, Lord? And one act of obedience breaks open the floodgate in your life. Amen. You with me, church? Yes. Amen? Yes. So I hear the Lord say that your enemy has been trying to snuff out what the Lord wrote on you, that you are actually revivalists, that you are going to release a revival. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. You are revivalists, and the fire of the Holy Ghost, the Lord is sending a fresh fire to remind you of who you are. Amen. And the battle is not by doubt. It's not, it's not by um, happenstance. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. 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 The battle is the Lord's. Yes. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. You have to get this in your head. Yes. You can't lose yes. unless he, de- he defeats you in your heart's expectation. Because if the only weapon Satan has is to steal your will, to steal your expectation, to steal your enthusiasm, that, that if you can, if he can take you out of the picture of expecting the Lord to show up because you're waiting on him, guess what? Satan wins. But if but if the troops are rallying in prayer and 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 you hear together, my gosh, which which corner block are we going to take? Amen. Right? Which elementary school are we going to set on fire? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. All right. You with me, church? <laughs> yes. All right. So um, 
I don't know, that just kind of came on me this morning when I was in prayer. And uh, it, it goes along with um, kind of what I prepared. I, w- I want to talk to you about maturity, right? Because maturity, um, you should expect to release power. You should expect to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit. You should expect to cast out demons. You should expect to see miracles, right? And it, it comes with an expectation of the Spirit, not just simply you knowing what Scripture says. Okay? There's a lot of people that know what the Scripture says. There's a lot less people that know what the Spirit wants to do. Two different things. Okay? I actually, I actually, um, I was, I was uh, ministering to a, um, a, a group of people out on the West Coast. They called, they called themselves the Resurrection Team. And they're a pretty famous big, big spiritual church. And, um, these people walk into the room, and there, there's like, I don't know, 25 of them. And they had asked, asked me to, to minister to, to this, this team called the Resurrection Team. And this, uh, this couple um, made some food um, before the meeting. And um, we're sitting down at the, the table, and they're talking about, man, I'm just so weird. I'm so tired. I'm so like, and all, all I heard, I don't know if the Lord was setting me up, but all I heard was, like, I don't know, people that are just worn out. I'm like, wait, you guys are supposed to be the resurrection team. You're supposed to be the resurrection team, man. And um, long story short, the point of it is, you can read a biblical principle that says that God wants God wants to heal, right? God's, you know, you, some of you are going to be equipped to raise the dead, cast out demons, do supernatural things. And these, these people had developed a mindset that their whole goal in life was going to be to resurrect the dead. And so what they would do, literally, they would have friends who worked in the hospital, and they'd say, we got, it. we got a fresh dead one, we got one, right? And the, the resurrection team would literally run down and pray for people. I said, well, how many did you resurrect? None yet, but we still believe. And they're sitting there, and they're like, ah. Oh. Like, like they're not refreshed. You can tell they're like weary. And I'm, I'm, and man, I just I switched everything I was going to talk about that night because the Lord actually let me know what, what He wanted to address, right? And so I started I started to talk to these guys about the fact that just because a biblical principle says that you can raise the dead, Jesus raised the dead, right? Doesn't mean that He's calling you to raise the dead every moment of your life. How do you know what the Spirit of God wants you to do? What if the Spirit of God is leading you down to that elementary school? Instead of you thinking that you're supposed to be bound to this one principle, a spiritual principle, so and it's, as it is, it's a spiritual principle that the Spirit of God can raise the dead. Right? But, is, is He calling you to be at that hospital every night of the week to expect Him raising a dead man? What's He asking you to do? Okay, because uh, you can get lost in a spiritual principle. Okay, even though it's real, it's true. It may. What's the Lord asking you to do? So what I'm what I'm honing you in on is what is your battle? What is the Lord leading you to do? What is your mission? What is your vision? What is your purpose? What is your vision statement? What is your identity? Because what He writes on your heart, what He prophesies to you, is your identity. Well, I feel like I want to I, I, I 
I want to do this motorcycle gang ministry thing. Yeah, but the Lord said that you're going to work with children. Yeah, but I don't really want to work with children. I want to ride my motorcycle and, and have a ministry. Well, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I'd be doing what the Lord says. You're going to be on that children. You know, when I, some of you know my story, some of you don't, but whenever the, the Lord gave me a dream, um, called me to go to India, um, I was definitely afraid of India. Uh, the only thing I knew of India was Indiana Jones eating monkey brains. Okay? Like, like I don't want, I don't, the, India was like one of the last places on earth I ever wanted to do, ever wanted to go. In fact, I can tell you flat out, I would never go to India. Not if I was given free tickets would I go to India. But suddenly I get this dream, the Lord writes on my heart, says, I'm sending you to India, a man from India is going to call you, and the next thing you know, I love Indian people. I can't explain it, but I followed the prophecy. I end up in India ministering, you know, doing, doing the work of the Lord in India because that's where He sent me. And I can't explain it. This love started coming out of me for India, the people of India, because that's where he sent me. Amen? So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is helping some of you, maybe it's not. But here's the deal. The Spirit of God will lead you to the right place, to the right people, the right purpose, the right time, if you seek after the Spirit and not get lost in a principle. Amen? Amen. So are you, are you fighting in the right place? You pushing you pushing through in the right place? You know you're do you know you're in the right place? Yeah. Hey, is anybody alive? Yeah. You know you're in the right place. All right, then you know you know you're supposed to fight, right? So let, let's talk about let's talk about um, Jesus um, creating the expectation in you. That he is going to speak to you about where he calls you. What he calls you to do, where he calls you to go, who he calls you to minister to. He's going to speak to you about, about that. He's going to equip you. That's how he equips you. If you, have, if you have nothing to minister to somebody to out of what he speaks to you about the people he's sending you to, you have nothing to impart. Okay? Okay? Just, just, just you know, talking about biblical principles is, is one thing, but... When the Lord is going to send you somewhere to impart something, He gives you vision, He gives you dreams, He gives you ability to impart to people. Okay? Paul, Paul said it like this in, in Romans 1.11, I, I wish, I pray to come to you that I may impart to you what the Holy Spirit has, has sent me to, to, to you for. Right? So, um, it's literally, you have to realize that heaven is an impartation. Okay? It's not just learning about Scripture. It's actually what does the Lord want to impart to His people. And so you as a carrier of the Holy Spirit should have an expectation that you're you're here on earth to give away heaven. Do you you realize that? You're here on earth to give away heaven. Didn't Jesus say it that way? I pray, you know... Pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Say this, say Holy Ghost. Ghost. Give me vision vision. from heaven heaven. that I may release release. the kingdom on earth earth. to set the world on fire fire. for your glory. glory. In In Jesus' name. 
You see, when 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 Pete and the boys were walking down the road with Jesus, and Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? Right? He Pete gets this revelation and says, You are the Christ. And it, and it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, oh yeah, you're you're that Messiah guy. No, it, I mean, can you picture Pete, the the father gives Pete the revelation. You're the Christ. You're the one. You're the one the Father sent that would be the doorway to release heaven on earth. Okay? And so as they're walking down the road and Jesus says, who do men say that I am? Pete says, you are the Christ. And Jesus turns and and identifies Peter. And he says, this is uh, Matthew 16, verse 18. And I will tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What's so important about this rock is that this rock um, is actually Mount Hermon. Okay, the point the point of Mount Hermon is Jesus specifically took the disciples to Mount Hermon to reveal that although the fallen angels came down upon this rock, I'm coming and I'm standing in this very place, and I say the earth is mine. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against me, against you, against anything that I come to release on earth. Are you with me, church? So if you understand the the position, the place of that, what happened in that scripture, Jesus was saying, the earth is mine. The earth is mine. Satan came, the 200 fallen angels came, they they came and they, they perverted men. Right? And, and Jesus and, and they actually said, we're the sons of God. And Jesus says, no, you're not. I'm the son of God. I am. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the next thing he says is very profound. And I'm going to read this out of the, out of the uh, Amplified. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. Meaning aligned to his vision. And whatever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. What does that mean? That means a person's prayer life is visual. The Lord shows people things. Anybody have dreams and visions? Oh, yeah. You with me? See, when you get dreams and visions, the Lord is revealing. He's giving you keys. I will give you the keys, meaning authority. I will give you the ability to release what... I'm showing you in heaven and release it on earth because what I declare in the heavens, I am reforming. I am the creator on the earth. And when you are connected to me in spirit, right? If you see the vision, right? When you see the vision and you release it, you're actually reforming what stands in front of you. Darkness may have formed a person, made them broke, unworthy, bound, don't know who they are, demonized. But the Lord comes and speaks to somebody prophetically and says, the world says you're this, but I say you're that. Right? You're a man on fire. Right? You're a man on fire. You're not this. You're you're that. Okay? And so, this this concept, do you believe like that? Amen. Do you pray with an expectation that if the Lord shows it to you, it's going to happen? Amen. Right? If the Lord says, in that sanctuary today, it's going to fall like rain. The Spirit of God is going to fall on people. And there's going to be people that refused me before, but the Spirit of God is going to fall on them. And they're going to get totally undone in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Holy Spirit. 
<laughs> Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. What's Jesus saying in this? When he, when he, when he turned to Peter um, and, and um, he called him Simon Bar-Jonah in, the, in this passage, the word Simon Bar-Jonah actually means son of the dove. Did you know that? So, so, so he's prophesying to Peter, you may not know the Holy Spirit now, but the Holy Spirit's going to fall on you. He's going to baptize you. And when the Holy Spirit baptizes you, you're going to do things that are supernatural that the earth can't stop. You are going to get the keys. I'm prophesying to you, Peter. I'm giving you the authority on earth, and you're going to shake the world with dreams and visions and prophecy. Amen? Amen. So is that how you center your, your prayer life? With an expectation that you're a son of the dove? You see, here's the deal, guys. You cannot loose on earth what you don't see in heaven. You see, Satan, Satan laughs at a bunch of people who simply just... You, anybody can quote Scripture. The Pharisees quoted Scripture. And Jesus laughed at them and said, you're not sons of God. Right? But what made... The sons of the true sons of God supernatural were that they received what the Lord was leading them to do, and they used scripture to support and explain things, but they were actually speaking into darkness and calling out what the Lord was identifying, what the Lord was establishing. Right? You with me? Yeah. Yes. Amen. And so do you loose on earth what you see in heaven? Who, who, who sees dreams and visions? Do you, do you lose them? Do you run around the church prophesying? Do you run around the streets prophesying? Do you run down the streets? You know, the Lord said there's going to be a guy in a pink button-down shirt that is in need of the Holy Spirit, and he sends a wild woman to go find a guy on Elm Street in a pink shirt. And you run up to that guy and says, the Lord said that he was chasing you down and you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the guy starts weeping and crying and boom. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Do you have that kind of boldness? Amen. You see, the true prophetic is a bold thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, I think, I think the Lord's saying this. No, when you get a vision, boom, man. You're releasing the boldness of heaven. You're releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Satan fears it. You know why? Because Satan can't stop the prophetic. That's right. Satan can't stop it. He can't contain it. He can only try to keep it from, from even being embraced in the first place. But once it's, once it's loose in the house, once it's free to, to flow, guess what? Satan's scared because he knows his days are limited. You know why? Because the Spirit of God is a hunter-killer. He literally will hunt down the demonic powers, the, pe- the things that oppress people, the things that depress people, the things that make people sick. And He will send people to call those things out to deliver people. Amen? Amen. And, he, and He will release healing and the supernatural equipping of the Holy Spirit on people. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus I want to see in heaven. What you want me to loose on earth? That I may be reformed according to your vision, not the world's vision. Amen. You guys got some good stories. You got some. You got some good things like supernatural experiences. You can. You can 
Like that wild pink shirt guy story? Anybody have any of them? Say this, say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I want wild pink shirt guy stories. I want wild pink shirt guy stories. Give me visions. Give me dreams. And I'll go. I will believe you. I believe. I will not fear. But I will release your vision. And watch you work. You see, when you start, when you stop being religious and you start realizing that it's about a relationship and the Lord is connecting you in deep relationship, it simply is like, I mean, it's not even, it's, it's, it's not even fair to call it obedience because once your faith grows, it's like, oh my gosh, the, the Lord's going to raise a dead man. The Lord's going to give a woman a baby. The, the, the Lord's going to heal this person because you, you get vision. Right? And that's the importance of relationship with the Spirit of God. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But um, I just thought I'd, I'd share a few stories with you. Um, did I ever tell you guys the, the blue polka dot story? If I did, bear with me. I'm going to tell it to you again. But, um, you know, the Lord will test your faith. He will, um, he will test you to grow you so that your heart believes. Your heart makes room for the expansion that he wants to do, okay? And so I had been in India for a number of years. Um, this is probably, I don't know, 2017, 2018. And uh, I had been working with this one guy, and uh, we, you know, we're doing these big crusades, three, 4,000, 5,000 people a night, um, do, working with these pastors during the day. And it got to the point where I didn't even know, I, I would, you know, I'd be so, I'd be preaching and prophesying, ministering 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And I literally would go home, shower, go to the hotel, shower, get up the next day. They would literally take me half a day from place to place, drop me off, get another shower, change clothes, pick me up and, and take me places for, for the next eight hours. Okay? And so this one this one evening, um, they, they pick me up and they, you know, they're, we're on, our, we're on our way to this uh, to this play. I didn't know where we were going. I thought we were doing a crusade. And, and uh, on the way there, I felt I, I felt this like tension in the spirit. And I'm like, I've got my head back, and it's not like me to feel um, fear like that. I mean, I, it was almost like a discernment. Like this isn't a normal crusade, okay? And so I started asking them questions. And I, I'm, I've got my head back. I'm almost, I'm like just resting. I'm waiting for the Lord to give me a download. Um, and I'll, I just, I started asking the guys, uh, my, the head pastor that was driving me. I said, where are we going tonight? What are we doing? And he just starts laughing. I said, I said, why, what's going on? What, what, you know, what's the, why are you laughing? And he says, well, we're taking you to a place where, um, uh, they worship um, the, the, the serpent god, the, the snake god. And he, and he says, they really don't like Christians. He goes, they're, they're known for beating Christians up and, and hurting Christians. And, and they even set some Christians on fire. And I, 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 you know, normally that, that stuff doesn't bother me, but I, I felt this weird thing in me, okay? And I kept asking questions. I said, yeah, but okay, so what, what did you do? What how, how are we getting in there? And, and uh, he says, well, we told them um, that we have this magician that does magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And, and, and granted, if he had told me a couple of days before I'm part of the plot, I can, I can think through this with the Holy Spirit and figure this out. And so this guy trusted the Holy Spirit more than me at this moment, right? And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean um, you got me in because they think I can do magic tricks? He goes, well, you know, you just go up there and do words of knowledge and it'll be magic. And I, I, was, I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I mean, I'm like, and I started asking questions like, are you serious? Like, they burn Christians? <laughs> yeah, they, they do it all. They hate, they hate Christians. Um, and I, so, <laughs> I don't know, I, I shut my eyes, I'm sitting back, and I'm like, Jesus, don't, he died tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying that time in cheek, but I was like, all right, Lord, what are we going to do? And as soon as I, sh- I put my head back, the Lord shows me a girl on the second row, right in front of me, there's an aisle, second row, right on the end, there's a girl uh, with a blue, white, uh, white dress with blue polka dots on it. That's all he shows me. Okay, and so we get in. We get in this place, and they're they're kind of introducing people, and they've got this stage set up, and I'm sitting up there with the, the two pastors that brought me, um, and uh, they suddenly introduce me, and I have no idea what I'm going to do, other than the Lord showed me the girl in the, in the blue polka dot dress, and I said, I asked the, I said, can can you help me? And the interpreter asked her to come up, um, and I laid my hand on her. And as soon as I laid my hand on her, she falls to the ground. Okay? I barely even prayed, barely even got anything out of my mouth. She falls to the ground. She's laying on the ground, limp, like out in the spirit. You ever see anybody like completely out in the spirit? I'm not talking like laying there with just her eyes shut. She's a limp noodle. Okay? And all the crap goes like this. Okay, and I went. I don't know what's gonna happen. And all of a sudden, this, all of a sudden, this fire starts coming out, coming out of me, and I start talking about the Holy Spirit. I start talking about Jesus. Okay, and I'm talking. This boldness came on me. I'm looking at a girl that the Lord just laid out, and I know He's with me. So I'm bold as a lion, baby. You see, if that girl would have been standing there still talking to me, and I didn't know what was going on, I'd have probably been starting to shake or something. But I don't know. I trusted the Lord. Boom, she falls to the ground. She's laying there, and I'm like, my God, the Lord is with me. And I'm just thinking this, right? I'm not tapping it out. But so I just started talking about Jesus. I mean, boldly talking that Jesus is the one true God, and, and He has sent His Holy Spirit, and He's come to save you tonight. And I'm preaching. I mean, I am preaching. And, and my interpreter is like, and, and I'm, I'm like, either I'm going out in flames tonight, or, or somebody's getting zero. Right? It was the boldness. All I can explain is it was the boldness of the Holy Spirit Amen. in trusting a simple vision. Okay? And so, I mean, 15, 15 minutes into this, the, the mother realizes her daughter hasn't moved for 15 minutes. And she's like sitting in the same row. She gets up and she gets, I'm preaching, and she gets, and she grabs her daughter's arm and she's, and she's screaming in Hindi and cursing me. And what'd you do to my daughter is basically what's going on. And the interpreter is like calming her down. And he's like explaining to her, this is part of the show. This is part of the show. This is a crazy story, okay? 
And so the mother, they get the mother calmed down, and I'm still preaching, and Jesus is real, the Holy Spirit's here, He's gonna, He's gonna save you. Um, and all of a sudden, the girl sits up. Okay? The girl sits up. And she's looking around, and she's she's like like in shock. And and my my interpreter hurries up and grabs her, and he starts asking her in his language, "What happened? Tell us what happened." And I kid you, this is no joke. She says, "I was taken into this place called heaven, and I saw a man named Jesus. Jesus is real. Jesus laid his hands on me, and she sit like the hair in her arms is standing up." And the hair, my, my arms are standing up. I'm like, oh my God, she's preaching. Jesus himself right now is preaching. Jesus stepped into the room and said, I'm raising up a preacher. Guess what? Guess what happened? They knew her. Guess what? The room comes forward to meet Jesus. They got baptized. I mean, there's bodies all over the floor. People weeping and shaking under the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Wow. Woo! My God! My God! Let me see another poker dot dressed Amen. My God! You know that? That's like stretching you, baby. Right? Stretching you to the max. But you know what? That's what the Lord will do with you, as as you as you as you guys go through this battlefield season. You're going to be sent places to do supernatural things because you're going to know the voice of God. And you're going to trust Him. You see, the testing, the testing time is about developing a trust. That experience 10 years before that never, ever would have happened. I'd, I'd have probably jumped out of a car, rolled down the road, <laughs> skinned up, and started running back to my hotel. But, hey man, the, the Lord makes warriors. Okay? Amen. Say this with me. I'll say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, awaken the warrior in me. Lead me to win on this battlefield that I would know your voice, that I would believe what you've said above all things. Above all things. I will not be deceived with my eyes because I'll know your voice. And expect you, and expect you to show up strong. To show up strong. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's a pretty wild one, huh? Mm -hmm. You see, do you expect in the supernatural? Yes. Do you lose heaven on earth? Yes. Right? Do you lose heaven on earth? Mm -hmm. All right. Now I don't. I'm not trying to like make a game out of this, but how many people have you got baptized in the Holy Ghost in the last week? How many people have you got healed in the last week? How many people have you cast demons out of in the last week? How many people have you counseled with spiritual revelation and they, they had deliverance and healing in the process in the last week? Are those crickets out here? <laughs> you get the picture though, guys. You, you, what you practice, what you practice in the spirit, I mean, will begin to manifest mm -hmm. a, a lot, okay? But you can't be afraid to practice. Amen. You can't be afraid to actually um, ask people, can I pray for you? Lay your hand on them and wait for the Lord to give you a vision. Start praying for them and see what's going to happen. 
when I when I uh, got first baptized in the Holy Spirit, I used to stand at the back of the church. I would I mean I got rocked. I got rocked. I'm, I'm praying all night. I can't stop. I'm praying for weeks on end. Can't stop. I'm having visitations, and I'm like, this people have to feel this. People have to feel this. And I would stand in the back of the church during worship, and I'd say. Show me, Lord, who? Show me, Lord, who? Who came in here with oppression? Who came in here with depression? Who came in here in need? Who came, who needs healing? Show me, Holy Spirit. And I would literally have a pen and paper, and I would say, uh, Mildred, Bob, and I would literally, before the end of worship, I would go whisper in their ear and say, meet me after service, meet me after service, the Lord is the word for you, meet me after service. And I would have five, ten people waiting after service. My wife knew. My wife would always get into the car with the kids and go home because usually if service ended at noon or service ended at nine, I'm there two plus hours after service because I wanted to see the Lord move on people. Amen. Anybody, anybody hungry, hungry like that? Amen. Amen. Yes. Say this. Say, say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give me a vision. Give me a vision. Give me a hunger. Give me a hunger to hunt down. Down. Those in need. Those in need. That you're shining a light on. And going to send me to them. And you're going to send me to them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, you know, the Lord is always progressing and, and moving you. Um, when, you know, I did the India thing for like five years. Um, and I knew around 2019 things were going to shift in my life. And the Lord started talking to me about Ohio, and specifically that's when He moved me here to Toledo. And um, you know, my wife and I—that's what we do. We just we said yes. We kind of blindly came. Um, the Lord gave me the name of a street um, where Barvin Bill's churches literally went down, met Barb and, and, and Bill, um, and uh, you know, we ended up within a couple weeks. Barb says, "Hey, I think you're supposed to start this school of the Holy Spirit thing here." And really, let's do it. And you know, things progressed. Met Jimmy and you know some other some other pastors. Some other things happened. Um, and we were doing the school of the Holy Spirit, and we were only doing it for probably eight nine months. And then suddenly, the Lord comes to me and He says, "I want you to stop the school, and I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well and the man chained to the tombs." And I'm like, you know, I love the school. I want to do the school. That's what I like. I want to do it. And the Lord says, no, you're done with the school for now. I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well and the man chain of the tombs. So we start the school, and the Lord starts, um, I start praying. I start saying, all right, Lord, wherever you want to send me. And within a, within a month, my phone starts ringing, okay? And I, I, the Lord starts sending me places. And I can't explain that, but my point with this is there's always a progression and when the Lord starts speaking to you, he's, um, it's not just about releasing the supernatural. What's more important is your obedience to following his voice. Yes. Because what you think is right and what you think is wrong, you'll, you'll, you'll be in this twisted world of discovery of what the Lord's intent in moments is. is so sometimes unpredictable. It's undescribable. It doesn't make sense. But the reality is he's after an obedient heart. He's after somebody who will simply trust him in, 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 in the supernatural things, but more importantly in your own personal walk, because that 
that walk is what will birth faith in you. It will birth an expectation that, oh my gosh, I mean, what's next? What's next? Right? And so, before we start to pray, I just I want to talk about um, one more scripture. Actually, a couple more scriptures. Because I, I want you to walk out with an expectation of how to build your faith. Okay? Um, I want to talk about power and authority and the expectation of power and authority coming out of you. Do you, do you believe that power and authority yes. is supposed to come out of everyone? Yes. yes. Like, really believe it? Yes. yes. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe like one of these semi-sensationalist concepts. Do you know what a cessationist is? Mm-hmm. You see, a cessationist says that the Holy Spirit died way back when the original 12 apostles died, right? And, yeah. then, and God doesn't talk anymore. The Holy Spirit is, you know, what he did back then doesn't happen anymore. That's, that's cessationist, okay? Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of <clears throat> theology that is anti-Holy Spirit, okay? But I'm going to give you, there's, there's extreme. There's anti-Holy Spirit, then there's full-blown Holy Spirit. And somewhere in, in the middle are some theologies of 40% Holy Spirit, 40% like, 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 well, like, I believe it could happen, it just doesn't happen around me. It doesn't happen through me. Like, I mean, it happened once. I really don't think it's for today, it's just there was a freak thing, right? How much, how much cessationist theology is in you? I'm not hurting anybody here tonight anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> you see, here's the, here's the deal, guys. Until you lay down what you trust in, you can't be resurrected by the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to let he had to give up the ghost. He had to give up. It says he gave up the Holy Spirit, right? And he he took sin to the grave, and he had to trust that the Spirit of God would resurrect him. He had to trust that the Spirit of God would resurrect him. And a lot of you are in fights against your own theology. The Lord has led you purposely in a war to where you literally die. You see, the easiest person to resurrect is a sinner because they have no theology. The guy who has run from Jesus all his life and suddenly the Lord gets a hold of him and is set on fire, they have no theological lie to keep them from the power. And so all they know is the power. But somebody who's been in theology for a long, long time, you're in some degree of 10% cessationist, 40% cessationist, 60%. Does anybody want to get radical in here with me tonight? Yeah. Say, Holy Ghost, I give you permission to rip all cessation thinking out of my heart. That I would trust your voice, rely on your voice, learn to depend on your voice, and be resurrected by your voice. You see, when I gave you the vision about the hand coming down, I didn't, I didn't, have, I didn't have that yesterday. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I had to wait for the Holy Spirit to resurrect me. That's going to settle in on a lot of you guys. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you want to lose in this place? Right? 
Anybody, is anybody starting, starting to burn? Mm -hmm. huh? You see, when you begin to believe that the voice of the Lord is for the today, it's for this moment, you, you actually need to be resurrected in the moment. Mm -hmm. That it's the voice of God that comes through the Spirit of God that actually reforms the world around you. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a scripture. Hebrews 1, chapter 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers of the prophets, as in the last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom He made the worlds. Right? That's Genesis 1. He spoke into the darkness. His voice spoke and the darkness couldn't stop it. Right? The darkness was at the mercy of the voice. So He spoke into the worlds who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sin. Key words here, guys. Number one, when He says all things by the word of His power, the word, word, there's the word rhema. It actually means the vision, the dream of the Lord. So He upholds all things by the rhema, by the vision and dream, he upholds it. He upholds the world being created by the vision and dream that He drops in your heart, which goes back to why He prophesied in Joel chapter 2, I will pour out My Spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams. You will see visions. And My sons and daughters will prophesy. Amen. He's actually talking about the equipping of His church. So He says, upholding all things by the rhema of His power, which means the dunamis, the supernatural power, the dynamite of the Holy Spirit. So He upholds the making of the worlds. He's talking about uh, reformation. He's talking about birthing. He's talking about a hope in the fact that if Jesus gives me a, a vision right now, I'm going to birth something in somebody. I'm going to recreate something in somebody. I'm going to take what the world has has hidden and pull out what the Lord has defined you as. Okay? And so this rhema and dunamis, the, the supernatural power is connected to the dream and the vision, which is what produces prophecy, what produces the gifts of the Spirit. If you get a vision, you're going to loose on earth what you see in heaven. Okay? So that's authority. Jesus said, I will give you the keys. Right? You will loose on earth. Right? You will bind on earth what you have already seen bound in heaven. You will loose on earth what you've already seen loosed in heaven. And that's that's the, what the Lord is actually giving, telling you to do. Say this to him. Don't say this to him. Prophesy this. Take this away. Right? And so, um, you know, authority is a function of your relationship. You see what the Lord is showing you and He's giving you the ability to reform the world. And this is what I mean by this. Um, and uh, the word worlds there, when He says He made the worlds who being the brightness of His glory, the, world, world, the word worlds there is, is, think of it this way. If you're in Christ who is and was and is to come, Jesus can restore what the enemy stole, everything from, the, from years past, he actually is today, and He's calling forth what He's going to send you to do. Okay? So if you are in Christ, and you are a warrior, you're, you're equipped in the Holy Spirit, He is actually going to send you in the power and authority of knowing His voice. Amen? Amen. Why? To reform the worlds. 
The word, the word, um, the word upholding, when it says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the rhema of his dunamis power. The word upholding actually means to bring forth. It actually means the power of the vision. When you actually release the vision, you are releasing the power. You are releasing the force of heaven. You literally are walking in the vision of the Lord to release and reform everything around you. Amen. I'm not messing with your head too much. Anyway, man, you're, no. you're, you're good. No. You're good. No. Say this. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I believe. I believe. You are birthing in me. You are birthing in me. An assignment. assignment. To prophesy. An assignment. To heal the sick. To heal the sick. An assignment to raise the dead. An assignment to cast out demons. An assignment to witness. Amen. Amen. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Awaken in me. Awaken in me. The expectation. The expectation. To release heaven on earth. To release heaven on earth. Amen. <laughs> he upholds all things. He literally is calling you to bring it forth. If you don't bring it forth, if you don't release it, if you don't have a relationship and you're tapped into what the Spirit of God is saying, who's going to loose it on earth? Who? He's, he's searching for warriors. He's searching for soldiers. He's searching for people who are willing to walk into witch doctor places and call out blue polka dot dress girls. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor that's you. <laughs> I walked into a small church in Coshocton, Ohio, about, I think it was 2017, and um, sort of prophesied over people, and I saw this sadness on, on this young, young man and young woman. And I called them up, and I said, the Lord, the Lord says that uh, you're going to be pregnant. And she started to, she, she falls down, cry, like uncontrollably shaking and crying. And all of a sudden, an, an, old, an older lady in front of her, she goes, she just had a miscarriage. And I went, yeah? The Lord, the, Lord, or the, the enemy came to destroy life, but the Lord says, I'm birthing new life. Right? Yes. I mean, what are, the, what are the odds that the Lord would pull out a couple that had just been through one of the most painful things you can go through in losing a baby and, and prophesy that they're, they're, you're going to have a baby. In one year, you're going to have a baby. Guess what? That couple sends me a picture of their son every year on his birthday. And they say, thank you. Thank you for hearing you see, a lot of people would, you, you know, those type of things send people into downward spirals. They quit, yeah. right? For years, not even years, decades, they literally let death and destruction grip them. But the Lord showed up and said, not today. I'm calling life into you, girl. Amen. Right? And by the end of the night, she's, she's laughing because the Lord is restoring life in her. Okay? 
And, you know, those are the type of things that we have to begin to expect. Right? Who's, who's raised a dead man? <laughs> Who has... <laughs> who's cast out a demon? Who's, heal, who's prayed to heal a person? Who has prophesied? All right, so... We're getting there. A year, a year ago, we, we had a few we had a few hands. Now look at now look what the Lord has done to you, right? Right? You went you went from like now you're at like eighty percent of the room moving in some gift of the Spirit. Why? The Lord is taking you to a new glory. The Lord has a plan for your pastors. Amen. It's supernatural. You believe it? Yeah, I believe it. Okay, but when, he, when he's going to make a church supernatural, he makes the pastor supernatural. Amen. He takes it to a new glory. Amen. I'm prophesying over you, pastors. Amen. Amen, Jimmy. It's a new happening. glory. Amen. Amen. And you may be sitting there, well, I'm not sure how to. How, you know, I understand this concept of relationship, but how do I get it? How do I receive it? How do I begin to pull on the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you can love the Lord as much as He loves you? Mm-hmm. You have that choice. He actually gives man a free will. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that is like it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's your decision. And you can choose to chase Him and, and throw that cessationist lie out the window and believe that you're a 100% Holy Spirit believer, that the Lord has a plan for you, a purpose, a supernatural one. There's so much supernatural glory that the Lord has to give you and bestow upon you to build you and equip you that you keep knocking on His door. And I'm talking I'm talking now about chasing Him in prayer. Okay? Anybody chase the Lord in prayer? Amen. Is your prayer life different today than it was a year ago? Yes. Amen? Amen. 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 You know why? Because the Lord came with, with a love letter last year and He started writing on your heart. Amen. That's the power of prophecy, guys. Amen. And what happened to you, you're going to turn around and do to, that, to, to, to the east, the west, and I'm not sure about my direction. To the north and south. <laughs> you get the picture? When the Lord literally touches people with His voice through, through the prophetic power of the Holy Spirit, it does something to you. Yeah. You know He's real. Oh, yeah. And you can't shut up. Mm-hmm. Amen. You literally can't <laughs> shut up. He can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Um, you ever get out of bed and say, Come on, Holy Spirit, show up right now. Amen. I feel it. I feel something coming on today. Something's going to happen today. Yes. Do you know that the, that the Spirit is subject to the prophet? Yes. That's what the Bible says. It says that your will has the ability to induce labor. Did, do I need to repeat that one? Yeah, yeah. Please, please repeat it. The will of your heart has the ability to induce labor. You can actually impregnate that body out there. You can impregnate that sanctuary. The only thing holding back the impregnation, and it's a prophetic picture. When the Spirit of God pierces the heart, it's, a, it's an impregnation. It's a birthing. The picture? And your will... Is the only thing between a, a revival. Didn't the Lord write that? Wasn't that the prophecy at the beginning? The Lord wrote revival on you a year ago? 
and you're being tested to see if you really believe. And the Holy Spirit has entrusted you, taking you to a time of testing because He wants to unleash a fire in Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. My God, I'm getting fired up! My God, is there anybody else as fired up as I am about what's going to happen to Toledo? Huh? My gosh, if, what is, what's in here? 40 people? If 40 people truly believe that they can induce a move of God today, you see, there's a balance here. Some of you might be confused if you're listening real close because in one breath I'm saying learn to wait on the Lord and what He wants to do. But in the other breath, didn't Jesus say this? He says Jesus was moved by compassion for the people and He started to induce the move of the Spirit. So it's a co-labor. So it's a co-labor. Tomorrow and release a revival in my school. Amen. Right in my in my sanctuary. I can release it in my in my workplace. I can do that. Can you do that? Amen. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you can do that. Amen. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. How do we, um, I know it's not A plus B equals C, but how can we activate that in people? Great question. Great question. So the question is, how can we activate the, the concept of the equipping process in people? Okay? Let me, let me talk to you about why the Lord gives you the gift of tongues. Okay? Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more than you prophesied. Amen. That same pattern is the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, don't leave this city. I'm going to send the Spirit of God upon you. And when the Spirit of God came upon them, they started praying in tongues. They started to prophesy. And they released an intoxication. And now pointing the Holy Spirit, all the thousands of people in the street literally intoxicated in the presence of the Lord. Because the Lord released tongues. Prophecy came as a result of tongues. And the outpouring of the Spirit happened after the prophecy came. Okay? It's a pattern. So Paul repeats that in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more than you prophesy. Why? Because tongues actually is the, is the call of the of the of the son and daughter that the Lord would speak to them. Okay, this is what I mean by this. Paul um, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul actually references a scripture in Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28, verse 9, 10, and 11. Okay? Um, that scripture says this: To whom will the Lord teach knowledge? Okay, the, the word teach is the word impart. The word knowledge is not you understand. It's not you memorizing Scripture. The word knowledge is the word God. It actually means intimacy. To whom will He impart intimacy? Let that settle in on you. So the Lord is actually setting you up to understand a way of the Spirit. To whom will He impart an intimate relationship with? And He asks the question, verse 10, is it, is it the men in the pulpit 
reading precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Did you ever hear that scripture? Mm -hmm. Right? Verse 11, and I'm, I'm quoting this out of the Amplified. In verse 11, he says, No, I will teach, meaning impart, I will impart to you with a stammering lip and another tongue. So when he says, I will impart to you with a stammering lip and another tongue, he's giving you the way of the Spirit. He's giving you meaning this. The, he the Hebrew picture of that scripture is this. Um, it, it, a baby cries and the mother feeds it. Okay? The picture is, is a promise. When a baby cries, does the mother have to think to turn on the milk? No. What happens? You got a wet shirt. Yeah. Right? As soon as the baby cries, that mom's like, where, where, where's Isaiah? Where, where's Jeremiah? Right? And, and you got to feed the child. Mm -hmm. Or you have a wet shirt. Mm -hmm. And so the promise is, the Lord is giving you the heart cry for intimacy. For an impartation of intimacy. Amen? I mean, Amen. to whom will I impart intimacy? To whom will I impart intimacy? So he gives you the gift of tongues so you can cry out as a son or daughter. You don't know what you should pray as you ought. You just cry out. Right? And so whenever I learned this concept, I mean, I would pray for hours. I couldn't stop praying. <coughs> when I realized that the Lord promised that when I use His language to cry out to Him, He can't resist me. It's, it's like he, he might be over here working with Charlie, but this wild man's over there in the corner. He's over here like this. And, and, and my father, my father, he's, he's, he's helping somebody else over here, but he hears my cry. Yeah. Does he hear your cry? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm serious. Does he hear your cry? Yes. Does he hear your cry? Yes. Morning, noon, yes. night, yes. when you gather? Yes. Does, it, does he hear your heart cry before the people gather in that sanctuary, the people in need, so that you can minister and loose on earth what he has desired for those people in heaven? Yes. Get the picture? Yeah. So you, as a prophetic voice, have the power to induce labor. It's a way of the Spirit. It's co it's co labor. Mm -hmm. You get the picture? Yes. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Say this. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Awaken in me. Awaken in me. A heart cry. A heart cry. Daily night. Day and night. Day and night. That I would pray without ceasing. With an expectation of you dropping dreams and visions upon my heart. And I may prophesy. I may edify the church. I may equip the church. I may heal the church. I may resurrect the church. I may send the church. Awaken in me. My purpose. My calling. My calling. My prophetic design. My prophetic design. Do you know your perception of yourself is what the Lord is addressing here tonight? Mm -hmm. The Lord is actually giving you the picture that He wrote on your heart. You're on a battlefield and the enemy is trying to steal from you. Yes. 
what the Lord wrote upon you. Many of you have received prophecies that, that you will heal people, that you will you know, do supernatural things, right? Mm -hmm. And the enemy is afraid of what you're about to become. Mm -hmm. Because when you're released out of the desert place, when you as a body are released out of the desert place, it's a shift. It literally is a shift and there's an anointing that, that it's like when it says that Jesus came out of the desert, it says He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew chapter 4. Jesus came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Forming and reforming the worlds around Him. You look sick. You look like you're bleeding for 18 years, but you're no longer bleeding. Amen? Amen. You look blind, but you're no longer blind. Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.